Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. My name's Chet. I'm your host. And today I'm going to be doing a solo podcast. Uh, as you know, if you're a regular listener, I have not posted a podcast episode over the last two weeks because of my solo show that is coming up um, a week from this Saturday. And um, it is Tuesday right now. So um, it's been really uh, quite a busy time for me. And I haven't had time to do the podcast. Um, I suppose a couple of years ago, I would not have skipped the podcast. But this year, last year, um, if you've been following along, I kept thinking I was going to die because I was so tired <laughs> working on the on the um, the last two shows I did. I had these moments where I was like, this isn't worth dying over. I was so exhausted. And um, I don't know if you can tell now, but I'm pretty exhausted. But what's different about this time is that I haven't pulled any all nighters, believe it or not. So I'm very proud of myself for that. I pulled a couple late ones, but um, no all-nighters, none of those killer 18-hour um, days where I'm laying in bed when I'm going to sleep thinking, I hope I don't die from a heart attack in my sleep. <laughs> so I'm kind of proud of myself there. I'm also, you know, on schedule, uh, I guess. So point being is that I um, took a couple weeks off from the podcast so that I wouldn't have to practically kill myself uh, so i thought i'd just do a solo podcast because i didn't have time to line anything up or coordinate getting a guest on and uh, i thought maybe i'll do a show about how to create a solo show a solo art show because that's something i haven't really heard anybody talk about and it is a process and i think it's kind of interesting um, even if you're not an artist, it's kind of an interesting process. Uh, so I thought I'd just talk about that. Do maybe do a shorter one today just to have something to post because I appreciate you all listening and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to leave you without a podcast for, I know there's a handful of people that listen to it when it comes, comes out. So I um, want to make sure everybody's happy. So uh, first things first. Oh, I didn't even check the. See, I'm okay. I guess I'm not gonna read off the new subscribers this week because I didn't go and um get that together in time, but um, I'll do it next week. Uh, if you want to support, you can go to patreon.com slash dark art society, join for a dollar a month or more. If you join at the five dollar or above level, you get entered into a, a drawing to win a skull shop skull. S-K-U-L-L-S-H-O-P-P-E.com. They make amazing skulls. And uh, yeah, so I guess we'll get into it. Um, I don't think there's anything else to talk about other than that. Yeah, just been painting for the show, focusing on it. All the at this point, all the paintings are done. It's about it's about a week and a half before the show opens and all the paintings are done, photographed, varnished, and I'm just attaching frame corners to the frames. So I thought I would go over my process for creating a solo show. So it goes like this. Um, 
you know, at the point where you're getting as an artist, when you're getting solo shows, you have probably, or you should have developed your voice and your style. And, um, cause that's, you know, key to creating, I think a, a good solo show. I remember my first solo show, I think was in 2005 or 2006. And I was asked to do, to do it. Um, it was, it was a four person show, I think called uh, new blood at Copper gallery. And it was for newer artists. Uh, I think Dan Quintana was one of the artists. I don't pooch may have been one of the artists. Uh, he's a tattoo artist and a really good painter. I think maybe it was a three person show. That was a long time ago. I don't really remember. Uh, I'd have to look it up, but anyway, that was my first technically, you know, gallery solo show. And what I did was just kind of like painted a bunch of paintings and, you know, I had at that point established that I was painting monster portraits and that was pretty much all that was the theme for me it was just kind of like continuing the monster portrait thing so they're all mostly head and shoulders or waist up creatures in with a background and um you know but i didn't even know i i don't even think i really thought about how you do a solo show what what makes a good sh solo show um, so I kind of just painted a bunch of stuff and luckily my style had developed to a point where it was like, as I said, I was established with these portrait style paintings, but they're all, you know, a bit different. Uh, they didn't tie together other than being portraits really. So, you know, you could tell it was, I was new to the whole thing. And, uh, you know, what I discovered over the years was it's like, you know, it's nice if a solo show has, you know, you can have, it has to have some kind of continuity, um, whether that's a theme, whether that's a color scheme, whether it's a, a format, you know, often it's, it's a number of these things. You know, I did um my, my show Lilith in 2009, maybe I think, um, and I remember I, you know, that was the first time I think where I thought I'm really going to kind of take a subject matter and create a show around it. And that was the mythology of Lilith. And I also thought I was going to, uh, you know, I'm going to use cool colors and I painted everything in like blues and purples and stuff. So that was, you know, that was the theme. And uh, it was a pretty successful show. Some of the pieces, you know, were a little bit, I don't know, stuck out a bit. There was a couple of pieces that didn't quite, um, I don't know, could have been more uh, congruent, I guess, with the, with the overall feel of the show. But it was still, you know, I think pretty successful creatively. Um but now at this point in my career, I, I feel like I've got, I know how to do a successful solo show and I'm not talking like financially successful. I'm just talking about creating a, a good show. So um, the way it starts is a gallery will ask you, Hey, you want to do a solo show? And then you say, okay. And uh, 
and at least this is my experience anyway. And um, and that's and then it's up to me as to what I'm going to do for the solo show. Um, there's there's not really any in- input from the gallery unless you ask for it. Again, this is my experience. It might be different for um, different galleries, but this is Copro Gallery. They're really cool about that. They kind of leave the art to me. And um, so this year I was like, uh, I don't know. I was I was painting some studies as I often do to try and come up with ideas. And uh, just I use the study process sometimes. Uh, for those who don't know, studies are small paintings like preparatory paintings for larger pieces but i also use it as sort of the sketching process to get ideas the same way that i would um sketch in a notebook sometimes i like to do it just in oil paint so i kind of came across this uh guy that looked like a zombie and a robot and uh and i think that this was probably i mean i love zombies i i uh, just think they're cool um but i think the ro- robotic aspect of it came from my friend josh breckenridge who had sort of gotten me um into the nft world and there's a lot of like sci-fi art and stuff in that in that space um and i was seeing a lot of computer stuff computer animation um a lot of robots and stuff. And that may have kind of seeped into my subconscious. Uh, so anyway, I, I, I painted this um, zombie robot. And I was like, I just was thinking, this is cool. I like this. It's This is interesting to me. It seems fun. It's kind of, um, you know, not incredibly deep and serious on the surface the idea of zombie robots, but, um, that's, a, that's okay. I didn't, I didn't care. I just wanted to make a cool show that was fun. And, um, part of the deal was, uh, I should have mentioned earlier is, uh, I didn't want to do a show this year because I, I need to take a year off and just, I need to get my life in order, my art life. It's like, I've got so many commissions I still need to do. And, you know, with the dystopia project has just gotten, um, so I got so far behind. I'm basically like five years behind on everything. And I've been trying to play catch up for the last five, six years. So the deal was Gary asked me to do a, a solo show again, even though I um, planned on taking this year off. And uh, I guess because from the success of the chaos show, because that, that show sold out before I painted them before I just from the studies, which was really cool. First time that ever happened. And so I guess, you know, so Gary as a gallery wanted to have a, wanted me to do another show. So I said, he basically talked me into it. I said, okay, I'm only going to do a small show, smaller pieces, only, you know, nine pieces. And, um, and he was like, that's fine. And I said, and for sure next year, I'm taking the year off. So, because I just I have to have a year off of solo shows. It's not that I don't love it. It's just that they take a lot of time, um, you know. And if you're not established, as people don't realize, you know, if you, even if you sell out a show and make a bunch of money, 
you've been painting and putting everything aside for, you know, six months or a year. If you're a fast painter, maybe six months. Um, maybe all year you've been painting. Some people it takes them like two years to paint a whole solo show. So it's, you know, it's really a, a difficult thing to do. And um, so we kind of had that agreement. I was going to just do nine pieces, most of them smallish. Uh, so I've got um, seven, no, six, no, five, six. Yeah, six 11 by 14 inch paintings and then three 16 by 20s. And uh, And I was planning, of course, on doing it a year in advance and like what always happens i have to keep earning money and i and i get distracted and basically uh three months before i start finally going i have okay i have to start <laughs> so so i think i i i started maybe a little little earlier than that but not much um so, you know, you're talking, I'd like to look when I started. Um, yeah, because I haven't even checked, but it feels like about three or four months. So, which is not a lot of time. So anyway, back to designing the show. So I uh, came out, I ha had this study and then I started painting. I thought, what a cool, kind of a fun, cool idea. The idea being if you took like, if you made robots, robots out of junk and weird mechanical, uh, mechanical pieces that look sort of like sixties style. Um, and you know, the idea being these, they're either like cadavers turned into robots using like the cadaver as the base, or they are cyborgs that are rotting zombies. I'm not really sure. Or they are just like somebody made robots out of um, using cadaver parts and, and, and uh, they're just all like rotting <clears throat> robots, but they're like, they're kind of like rotting cyborgs in a way. Um, anyway, so they're all messed up and, and decaying. Um, and that was it. It was like, you know, simple kind of goofy idea, but fun and interesting to me. And, and, uh, you know, as, as it usually goes, I find like a deeper meaning further on. Uh, I usually just let my intuition guide me and, and, um, follow this, the artistic, um, impulse that seems like it would be a fun, cool thing. And then I'll, as after the fact, I'll start to go, Oh, there's kind of like a deeper meaning here. And, um, <clears throat> you know, the deeper meaning to me is, uh, that, uh, you know, people are, the world we live in is, has, has a bunch of fear, you know, fear about AI, anxiety about AI and everything's breaking down. Feels like, um, people walk around like zombies in a daze, you know, so there's kind of like, you know, cultural, uh, references in there, I guess, if you want to look anyway, 
So I settled on that. I painted a bunch of studies. I was, you know, I found nine solid uh, ideas for the paintings. And uh, I thought I'm going to make them all sort of look like portraits, standard portraits of these zombie death bots with, you know, the dystopia kind of background. And, uh, and then I will paint and I will do a new frame corner, sculpt a new frame corner, which I did. Let's see. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. It's kind of like a skull. It's like a mummy looking thing with uh, tubes and um, mechanical implants and stuff. And then I made the the third eye glow in the dark. You can't really, just, the light's kind of bright in here, but it glows red anyway, or orangish. So that will tie all the paintings together. Portraits, zombie robots, all having the same frame corners and the same style of frame. And that's a <clears throat> nice theme, all goes together. And, uh, um, and I decided to, I always try every year to kind of, you know, to keep things interesting, to try and develop my style a little bit or try new techniques, a little, you know, new things. I, I always try and keep it fresh in some way so that it stays fun and interesting to paint. So again, being, um, seeing all this digital art on Twitter from being involved in NFTs um, somewhat because I pulled back a little bit um, once the, the market really went down and I started, a, I had to start the show. And so it was like, okay, I can't, I can't be doing that right now. So I sort of took a little break from that world. And that distance actually gave me some interesting reflections that I'll be talking about on a future episode. Um, so anyway, I, I I was seeing a lot of digital art. I was starting to get back into digital art, uh, creating animations and stuff. And so that kind of got me thinking, all, okay, how about if I take these studies? I did just did rough studies, not very finished, scan them into the computer, and then finish them in Photoshop. So I'm bringing Photoshop back into my workflow after not using it really for years. In the very beginning, I was doing more digital stuff. And I just stopped using it because I was creating studies and then selling them. And it just seemed like if I do digital studies, then I have one less thing to sell and earn a living from. So I kind of only, you know, haven't used Photoshop that in that way very often. But I really got into this new way of creating work. I scanned in the the, the uh, rough studies. I didn't finish the studies. And then I totally finished them in Photoshop. And I used some photo bashing techniques where I'm like putting images of skies in the backgrounds, uh, photographs of skies, and tweaking them and changing them and flipping them and squishing them and using the liquify tool, changing the colors. And really, you know, I mean, collaging it together, not just cut and paste kind of stuff, but making it my own. Uh, some, uh, one of the themes in most of the paintings are, uh, 
like a cemetery in the background and a bunch of gravestones. So I got a bunch of cool old photos of um, tombstones and just like layered them. So they kind of go back on forever. And so it was really fun to get back into digital in this way. And, uh, and then I painted on top of all that in Photoshop and got everything to like a completely finished state to where it's like, okay, this is what the painting will look like totally finished. And that's pretty, uh, different for me, different. That's a lot different than the way I normally work. But part of the reason for that was I had so little time because I pushed it off to the last minute because like I said, you know, it's like, I'm always trying to, um, having to get, keep getting distracted and running my art business. And it's hard to just set like three or four months of uninterrupted time to paint or a year or whatever it was that I was hoping to have. And so, uh, it was more about efficiency as well. You know, if I can get, take the time ahead of time, figure out my, uh, composition, painting, all the colors, everything is figured out on these paintings. And then it becomes a matter of just copying your the digital comp so once i did that finished all the paintings i spent a few weeks really working hard getting them to where they were perfect um you know getting the the composition correct i really spent a lot of time making sure every painting looked really great and there was no nothing was um missing you know it was a lot of upfront prep time um so then I went back to the drawing board, not to the drawing board, back to the easel, um, pulled up the, uh, the, the, uh, okay. I'm not going to show you my, my password here. I was going to show you my iPad, uh, pulled up the, the, the images, the digital comps that I had finished, the totally finished pieces up on my iPad here and then took each rough study. And then I finished the study based on the digital comp I made, which is another weird thing. So I, I took the, the study to a finished state because I wanted to sell those as well. And it's also a practice run to paint and paint in oils, a small piece to get your idea of what colors you're going to be using and stuff, mixing in actual paint colors you're going to be mixing. So then I had these finished studies. I was able to sell those that that was able to support me through the painting process uh, of the final pieces. Then I um, painted the final pieces and I used uh, a Luma comp. I've been painting on a Luma comp lately, which I love. And um, I sanded that a bit to get uh, a, a nice, uh, less textured surface that gave it a light sanding and then i i got i bought a projector an hd projector only like 120 bucks i think projected it onto the um each painting onto the panel and then i traced it with india ink like a felt tip india ink marker and that was my starting point to paint then I pulled the paint, the digital image up and I just painted it. And each painting took doing that technique that the physical painting time took maybe about three days, which is really fast for me. And, um, and it was really a matter of just look, copying the reference 
and really using the reference. So it wasn't about like playing and getting creative and trying things out. It's like all that stuff was done in the very beginning in Photoshop, all the play time, design time. It was all done weeks before. And uh, th so this was a little more like um, about efficiency and uh, uh, discipline and matching colors. I put up, actually put a, a plastic bag over my iPad so I could mix my colors and then put them on the iPad right next to, you know, whatever color I was trying to match. So I was able to match the colors just right and really go to town and just kind of like paint that thing. And it looked exactly like the, the, the study except, or the digital comp except better because it was at oils and it was finished to a higher degree. And so that was this new kind of technique I used. And um, uh, it's definitely one I'm going to continue with because it made, the painting process was so much more satisfying to know that it was all worked out and I wasn't going to get stuck somewhere. And, you know, I really, really spent a lot of time uh, with the setup and, and the comps in the beginning. And uh, I knew... Each painting was strong. Each painting was solid. There was, there was, uh, as long as I kind of followed the guideline of the the comp that I set up initially, I uh, I knew that I would have a successful painting. So, so it, it was cool to come up, you know, develop a new technique that I can continue to use. I ended up painting that. Uh, if you've seen um, that skull flower painting with the skull with with the the flower that's in the eye socket, I used that technique for that because I didn't have time for for much time for that one either. And um so anyway, that was kind of a cool thing. Uh so somewhere in there I sculpted a new the new frame corner I talked about. At this point, I'm just like getting all of the um um frames together. I had to paint some of them my framer. I you know, I I choose a a molding and then my framer puts the frames together and then I add the corners to them. And then he goes and puts the paintings in the um, frames with the, the corners attached. And uh, three of the frames were in gold because he couldn't find it in black. So I had to paint them black, just black spray paint. So I had to sand them and stuff. So, um, uh, yeah. So that's pretty much it. It's like, I, I uh, let's see, last week I had to, um, you know, every I schedule everything out. When you do a solo show, you have to schedule it all out to a certain degree. You know that like, okay, the show is on October 8th. That means they're going to be hanging it the week before, probably. That's generally how it goes with Capro. So I know I have to have everything, paintings to them, the week of the eighth early. So probably like Tuesday, uh, eight, seven, six, fifth, like around the fourth or third or something. So that's factored in. So the last week, it's not like I can paint until the day of the show or the day before the show. It's like everything has to be done a week before you have to have, you know, show ready pieces the week before the show opens. And, um, and then there is, a week for framing that you have to put in the schedule. So that's like two weeks really that everything has to be done essentially. And then you've got 
pho- photography, which uh, my photographer luckily did me a favor, Larry Underhill, and he um, shot everything in a day for me while I waited just in a couple hours. And uh, but that's you know another thing that you have to factor in your schedule. Um, it's like framing, uh, varnishing, which you know you varnish. It takes at least a day for the varnish to dry. Uh, phot- photographing and framing, and those things have to be factored in. There's also the fact of making sure you have supplies, making sure you have enough brushes making sure you have to order enough paint and the right colors and the uh, terps, the Gamsol, uh, liquid, your painting mediums, your painting surfaces. You know, you have to figure out uh, how many pieces of what size you're making. And then you have to order the panels or the canvases or whatever. Um, So it's like, these are things you don't think of generally when you're thinking of, you know, what's it take to make a solo show? It's like all kinds of, you know, you have to kind of go on a shopping spree, which, you know, I don't mind buying art supplies. It's kind of fun, but uh, you have to have the money to buy it. (laughs) So uh, yeah, you know, I I end up going through a lot of brushes when I paint for a show. um, And uh, uh I remember hearing the story about Boris Vallejo used to, he'd always use new brushes every time he did a new painting. And I remember when I was younger, I was like, oh my God, that's so crazy that you'd buy new brushes every painting. Now it's like, of course you would, you know, it makes total sense. Except sometimes brushes get unique characteristics. Every artist talks about this that I know. Um, Your brushes get messed up and they, and they take on this, unique characteristic that helps you to paint a certain way that adds to your, your style. And, uh, you try and keep those brushes around as long as possible. Um, but you know, it's like, I gotta get, you know, rags. I gotta make sure I've got my, uh, uh, scrubs in a bucket, these, you know, hand wipe things for when paint gets in your hand. There's all kinds of things that, that go into, uh, making sure your painting process is smooth. So um, I got, like I said, I got everything done except the frames. So, uh, and then I'm going to have them delivered on now Thursday. I'm going to have them taken to the framer so you can put them back in. And then the gallery is going to pick them up because they're in that area, take them to the gallery, hang them. And, uh, and I'll just show up on, on Saturday to to uh be at the show when it opens um i'm also doing a book signing for the dystopia book it's going to be the first signing i've had so far i've been on top of painting for this show and stuff i've also been trying to promote this book because i just you know this book is everyone who, who who i show it to or i send it to or who buys one they say it's amazing. It's beautiful. It's incredible. And I agree. I really think this book is special. There's something special about this book. So I don't want this to be another cool project that only a handful of people get to see, you know, as an artist, you want your work to be seen by as many people as possible. And I feel like, you know, to a degree, 
I like to paint monsters that way. I feel like that was a really good documentary that in the grand scheme of things, not a lot of people saw it. Um, so it feels very, it's kind of frustrating when you, when you create something you think is really good and then it doesn't get like a wide release. Hopefully now that it's on Tubi, more people will see it over time. Um, the ego death show was kind of like that. I mean, there a lot of people showed up, but I mean, for what it was, even the, the dystopia show where there was sets and everything, you know, it was like, <laughs> that was a huge Epic show. We had actors, um, walking around and stuff. And yeah, a lot of people showed up at the opening for sure. It was a lot of people, but you know, for, I feel like for as cool as it was, I would like more, it feels like more people should see it because it was so cool and so much effort was put into it. So I don't want that to happen with this book. Like the book to me is, you know, it could, it could be, I don't know, not that it ever will, but you know, it could be, you could be like going on a regular network TV show talking about this book. <laughs> That's how good I think it is. Um, so I'm trying to get it out to as many people as possible. That was just a long winded way of saying I'm trying to promote it and I'm trying to get it on podcasts um, just to promote it, to get the word out. I don't know what else to do because this is like completely self produced and I don't have any kind of distribution deal. And I don't even know if I want a dist distribution deal. I don't know. Or I don't know if it should be on Amazon or just on my website. I have no idea. I've never really, this is the first time I've done a book. You know, the black magic book was done by Bain art publishing. So see where it goes. I don't know. Anyway, there's going to be a signing there. Um, And uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I could talk about as far as the process of a solo show. Oh, um, you know, a good title is something that I, 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 I think is important. Zombie death bots was like a perfect expression of these <laughs> zombie robots. I thought that was, it's like, you know, it captured the spirit of the show, which is like, I, my attitude was, it's just like a fun show. You know, I want to do something fun and kind of lighthearted in a way. Um, just to sort of take it easy and and enjoy the painting process and and just have kind of a fun show. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. Uh, there's going to be uh, oh the other cool thing about the show is it's it's a f actually four solo shows. Copro does this sometimes, especially when the solo shows aren't like a huge solo show. Sometimes they'll have because they've got a big gallery and they've got two big rooms and kind of like an upfront area. So um, what they'll often do is if, if it's two artists having a big, two big solo shows, they can fill that up and have just like two solo shows or they'll have like a solo show in one room and then a group show in the other room. But um, so I think they're kind of having four smallish solo shows. So uh, Dos Diablos is having a solo show. And uh, I'm not sure how it's all going to be divided up, um, but between the the two kind of three rooms they have, um, they're going to have different solo shows. So we're going to have me, Dos Diablos, Rachel Bridge, and Ego. 
which are all artists that have been in the podcast, which it didn't even occur to me. It just, you know, Gary set this up. This, uh, um, you know, I, 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 I want a Dos Diablos, um, to show, uh, and I know Gary did too, but, um, he, uh, cause he showed him, he showed with me kind of, we asked him at the last minute for the chaos show and I felt kind of bad that it was like such a rushed thing. <clears throat> So I thought it would be cool to, to, um, that's actually how Gary, <laughs> Gary, uh, I think hooked me into showing again this year. It's like, Dostia, I want to have Dostiablos show too. And I was like, oh man, okay, now I got to do it. If you can have Dos Diablos showing, um, cause uh, you know, he's, he's helped me out with so many projects. He's helped on the dystopia book with doing some graphic design for the icons and agreed to show with me on the, during the chaos show kind of at the last minute. He's always really helpful. So that was, that was one of the reasons I was able to get roped into the show. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And, and, you know, uh, Rachel bridge is amazing. Always doing incredible work and ego stuff is really cool too. I really love his work. He's great. So it's going to be a great show, four-person show, um, and my book signing for Dystopia. And, you know, that's it for a, that's that's the process of a small, smallish solo show. Um, you know, if you, oh, and I sold, pre-sold the paintings, all except one. There's still one available. Again, based on the studies through the Patreon, which is pretty cool. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else unusual about this whole thing or anything worth talking about. Uh, I guess that's it. I mean, that's how you do a solo show. That's the process. I don't know if it's obvious or not. Maybe it's just obvious that that's what you do, but... To me, it doesn't seem obvious. There's there's a lot of things that you you have to think about, you know, like framing and the main thing being like the the uh the having a good theme and making the pieces all look like they belong in, in one show. That that was the other thing I didn't bring up. It's like um I wanted to I I, I, I the idea one of the the uh connecting themes of the paintings was having these backgrounds that were you know, based on photography, using photography for my reference um, so that they had really kind of detailed backgrounds and the, and the gravestones and stuff. Uh, so they do all have some, kind of a certain look where it's, there's just a different look when you're using photo reference versus when you're not using photo reference. And I normally don't use photo reference, but at this point, and especially for a show where there's not a ton of time, Photo reference is helpful. And uh, I've always, I've never been one of those anti-photo reference people. Uh, that's kind of like, I think that's kind of dumb because photo references, you know, it's a tradition and it makes sense. It's, you know, photo reference makes things easier, makes the painting better often. 
Uh, it depends on what you're doing, but I really enjoy photo reference though. Now I'm, it's like, man, it makes things so much easier to have something to look at. That's like, you know, this looks right. Especially if you set it up and prepare it in Photoshop properly and you get all the values right and the uh, adjustment color adjustments are right and everything um i think that might be it that's it yeah okay it was just going to be a short one anyway i just wanted to have something up to know that i'm thinking about you guys and uh i'm Still doing the podcast. Just needed a couple weeks off to deal with this stuff. I'm not sure what I'm going to do about next week. Maybe I can get a guest on for next week. Uh, or I might have to take another one off, another week off. Maybe not. Um, that's another thing I guess I could talk about quickly is I've, I'm have i really putting a lot of um, energy, not necessarily doing a lot, but I am thinking about it and focusing on it and putting my uh, mental energy towards getting the YouTube channel happening. So if you can spread the word about the YouTube channel, the dark art side of YouTube channel, I need to get, I want to try and monetize the channel so that I, that could be another source of money coming in. I'm trying to get just, you know, enough passive income, you know, the story with me. I just, I'm, I'm trying to get enough passive income to not have to be working seven days a week. Because um, that's that's the thing about this show. Why I'm so tired, even though I didn't put all nighters in, I've been working for at at least three months without a day off, and you know, pretty long days, couple twelve, thirteen, fourteen hour days, but um, you know, not even time to take one single day off. It's like, come on, just you know, I need to take one day off a week, <laughs> just one. That's all I'm asking. So. Anyway, if you can spread the word about the the uh, Dark Art Society YouTube channel, I've just been learning a lot about it, trying to put the titles a certain way and play the YouTube game to to get it in the algorithm. Because again, the this podcast is a good example of this thing that I think is so good that only a small amount of people are hearing. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, this thing should be being listened to by millions of people. It's like these these interviews are so interesting to me. I think they're so fascinating. The people that come on the show have such interesting stories to tell. And I think I, I, I'm sure that I'm, I think millions of people would be interested in hearing it. Maybe I'm delusional, but, you know, the things we talk about ultimately are just human interesting things that people would want to hear. I think it's just quality. I think it's a good podcast. And so I want it to get out to more people. Um, it's a, it's, it's, this is kind of the curse of, of being an independent artist and, and, you know, sticking to your, you know, your principles and not changing what you do to, get mainstream acceptance it's like i i i want to get it out to as many people as possible but i'm not willing to you know change it to the point where it's not the real thing so anyway point being uh if you could you know watch the videos that'll help to, uh um get the watch hours up like i need four thousand hours of watch hours and i'm 
at like almost, I think halfway and then halfway, and then you need a thousand subscribers and we're almost halfway to a thousand subscribers. Then I can get monetized. And then once you get monetized, it, you know, it'll kick it, probably kick it in, in the algorithm, the algorithm will kick in and it'll get out to more people. And again, this isn't, um, as much about money as it is honestly, as it is about getting it out to more people. I just want more people to see it. I'll take the money. That'll be great, but I want more people to see it. That's first and foremost. So spread the word dark art society on YouTube. You know, if you're bored one day, go through, like all the videos, make sure and subscribe to the channel and um, tell people about it, share it on social media. That would be helpful. So I guess that's it. I can't think of anything else to talk about. I'm not really good at these solo podcasts. It's something that uh, it's hard for me. I can talk to, to I can do an interview. Okay. But, but uh, it's hard to just talk. I'm not a talkative person. I'm, I'm really not. <laughs> this whole podcast is like totally goes against my nature. It's kind of funny. Um, anyway, uh, I'm just, I, I'm trying to think if I've forgotten anything. Uh, oh, I've got my own Patreon, patreon.com slash Chet I've been posting everything from the zombie death bots show every day when I'm, you know, done with my painting for the day, I post pictures of it. I'm posting time lapses, all that stuff. And I have a YouTube channel. I'm trying to get that going too. Cause I got all these old, uh, time-lapse videos that I made for Patreon that are like, you know, four years old or something. And they've got like seven views, some of them, because <laughs> it's like, you know, most people I think are supporting the Patreon maybe to support me to, you know, they're just not checking every single post. So I figure after all this time, I'm going to start releasing some publicly to try and get the channel monetized again. Um, so, uh, so on that one, on that channel, I've got, uh, I've got enough subscribers. I just don't have enough watch time. I've got to get, you got to get 4,000 hours in a 12 month period. And I only have like, you know, just under 400 hours of watch time. So trying to get those things going, you know, just trying to keep this whole ball rolling. Who knows what the hell's going to happen? Crazy, crazy world. What a life, but it's great. I love it. Um, It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, okay, let's wrap it up. I guess that's it. Thank you everybody uh, for listening and hopefully I'll have something next week for you. I'm, I'm going to try to have something. Maybe if I can work out an interview, uh, that would be nice. I got Christopher Ulrich and John Baynard. They're working on something in Australia right now. We're going to have them on, uh, they're scheduled to come on next month at some point. So that'll be fun. And uh, I guess that's it. All right. Thank you everybody for listening. And I guess just got to say goodbye audience. Goodbye audience.